Women Taking the Lead, episode 132. There's just so much possibility. If you really want to do something and you're willing to put in the time to learn something, then that can create so much success for you because you learn one thing and it inspires you to learn the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. And those all you know, meld together into something insanely powerful. I mean, a year and a half ago, I had no idea how to build a website. I had no idea how to do any of these things. I could literally spend the next six hours listing all the things I didn't know how to do. But a year and a half later, I have learned how to do all of them. And now I'm teaching others how to do them too. So learning changes everything. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Caitlin Pyle, who is a 29-year-old former desk zombie, business transformation consultant, and creator of ProofreadAnywhere.com, home of the online course Transcript Proofreading Theory and Practice, the first ever online course on how to work from anywhere by proofreading transcripts from court reporters. An authentic yet effective content marketer, Caitlin turned Proofread Anywhere into a six-figure blog and business within three months and total business revenue reached 1 million within 15 months. To teach others her unique method of building platforms, carving out authority, and monetizing digital products, Caitlin developed the WorkAnywhereLife.com blog and the Monetize Your Genius course. Now, Caitlin, that's just a little intro for everyone, though it is jam-packed with awesomeness. (laughs) Tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Oh my goodness. So it's a, it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to condense it a little bit, but I graduated college in 2009 and just a few, few months before that happened, I started working at a court reporting office in Orlando, you know, just kind of a small office and, you know, it was $12 an hour, which I thought was a lot of money at the time. And so I was very excited about it. I was like, this is my first glamorous job. Like I was working uh, as a receptionist And so I did that for probably about six months. And then they promoted me to transcript production, which is where I learned about, you know, the formats of transcripts and things like that. But I actually started proofreading when I was still a receptionist. And the boss of the company, you know, gave me the transcript. She she knew that I had an eagle eye. Somehow she found out. I can't quite remember how. But she's like, here, read this. And she gave my very first transcript to proofread. And so I kind of started taking on a few clients here and there, I had two um, that I worked for. It was like a side hustle, which I didn't even know that that's what it was called at the time. I was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, make some extra money after work, you know, whatever. And so I had a couple clients that I was making probably 400, 500 extra dollars a month doing that. And uh, so that was just like a supplemental income. And then I got uh, promoted to marketing in the same office. And Probably about uh, six or seven months after that, I'd you know really gotten bored. I'd just gotten married, and I'd really gotten bored with the job. And everybody teaches you how to get a job and know how to quit a job. And it was time for me to quit. I just didn't know how. I was young, dumb, you know, all the things. And so, you know, I was getting all my work done at work. But then when I was done, you know, I wouldn't tell anybody. And their policy was like, if you're done with your work, you get somebody else's work. That's just what they did. And I don't agree with that at all. And I know there's plenty of places that, that don't agree with that. And they use more flexible work schedules. So if you're done, you don't, you don't get paid for your hours, but you can leave, you know, but you don't get, you don't get a uh, chain to your desk. Well, that's not the way this place worked. And so I made some poor choices and in, in breaking those rules because I didn't think it was fair. Instead of just quitting, I broke the rules. And so I deserved to get fired, but the way they fired me was just horrible. 
um, you know, for a smaller family owned firm, you, you think they'd be a lot nicer and they, they just weren't. They, they sat me down in the room. There was three of them, three managers, all of them old enough to be my mother. And they said that I was a piece of trash and I was 24 years old, you know, really just married, just dumb. Obviously I made some really poor choices and I deserve to be fired, but nobody deserves to be told they're trash or, you know, that, um, they're going to die alone. I was told I was going to die alone. Um, and that they felt sorry for my new husband because I was, I was married to, that he was married to somebody who had, you know, so no scruples, you know, so immoral. And that one of them even told me that I should never have children because I had no morals. And it was because I broke the rules. Like I didn't do other people's work for the measly wages that I was making. And yes, I deserved to get fired. But what I didn't realize at the time was just how, just how unprofessional that was, regardless of the, the poor choices that I'd made. Nobody deserves to be told they're a piece of trash, you know, yet, yet he, let he who's without sin cast the first stone did not really, uh, did not really apply in their situation, apparently. Um, so they were just throwing, you know, the worst shade on me in the worst way. And I got harassing emails afterwards. My sister-in-law accidentally emailed me at work and one of the managers replied and said that I was fired, uh, which is totally illegal. I was forced to pay the company $2,000 because they felt that I had stolen time from them. And they were telling, you know, the employees that worked under me, I was, kind of a supervisor, hourly supervisor, so a puppet at the time. And they were told that I was fired and they were told their side of the story, which is totally illegal. You're not supposed to do that in the state of Florida. And a lot of just really shady stuff went down and I felt defeated. You know, they told me that, you know, I would never make anything of myself and I believed them for a while. I woke up for like the next three weeks, I think, really depressed. And I asked my husband, like, what if they're right? What if I am a horrible person? What if I don't have any morals? What if you know, and I made these poor choices, but the compounding of those choices, like, it, it was just a really horrible situation. But so that's where I started. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's where I started. And I've, I've risen from the ashes, so to speak. Um, it took me a little while, but I had those two clients from when I learned how to proofread. And the irony of all of this is that the woman who said most of those things to me and sent me the harassing emails after the fact she was the one who gave me the first transcript to proofread. And with that, those skills that she taught me and through her company, I was able to create, you know, not just one, but three, three different companies from it within, it's been almost five years since that, that happened. Summer of 2011 is when I was fired. So, um, I've come a long way. <laughs> Whoa. A long way. Whoa, Caitlin, what a bittersweet blessing, because I can only imagine if that's how they treated you on your way out the door, I'm sure it wasn't tremendously better No, <laughs> while you were working there. And my goodness, I can think back, you know, it's so funny how, how you said a couple times, I was young and dumb. I'm like, I, I'm thinking to myself, I remember my young and dumb days too, right? We've all made mistakes when we were younger. We've all pushed the limits of whatever system we were working within. And I remember conversations where things were said to me that made me cry, but nobody had ever talked to me that way. Rarely like just accused me of being trash and saying all nasty things about me. I can only imagine huh, what that must have been like and the, the after effect of that, but you certainly have risen from the ashes. My goodness, you're doing so well now. And it must be gratifying to know that like you were able to just cut ties. And it sounds like you actually were able to do very well for yourself once you were freed 
um, from the constraints and, you know, the term former desk zombie, yes. <laughs> you know, working in that environment and, and you didn't go too much into the culture there. I can only imagine, but I can imagine that that would have been an environment that would have sucked the life out of you. But let's, let's close that chapter and call it, call it good. Cause the, you know, they are where they are. You are where you are now. And you've definitely gained confidence since then. You know, you're still young, but you're not that young anymore. You're, you're wiser, older and wiser now, yes. but take us back to a time when you were playing small, it, you know, those times when we undervalue ourselves. We don't realize how capable, it's not like we're getting down on ourselves, but we just don't realize how capable we are. And it's usually only in retrospect years later that we're like, oh my goodness, I was capable of so much more. So Caitlin, share with us a story and the lessons you've learned. Oh, that's a great one. Um, so the whole thing with my, my business didn't really start for several years after I got fired. And so we'll, we'll go back to about a year and a half ago, 2014. I guess it was about October of 2014 where my husband had kind of started getting into a lot of the entrepreneurial stuff. He had joined a a course and was learning about how to start a business. And I was really playing small in that regard. I was like, yeah, that's all a scam. They just want you to spend money and then they give you this stupid little information and it doesn't really work. And it's just never what you think it's going to be. And I think it's just my history of, you know, I bought into some info products in the past or courses that just weren't what they were promised. And I had kind of applied my, I was thinking small and, you know, thinking that that's, if you're going to sell information online, if you're going to have an information business of any kind, then it was, it was, it had to be like that. I didn't, I didn't really see that there was better ways to do it. And because I had built a, a full-time proofreading business. I was making, you know, over $40,000 a year as a proofreader between the time when I got fired and, you know, this time, 2014, for the last about three years. And I had been told after, you know, my husband got into this entrepreneurial stuff, he's like, you should create an ebook or something about how to do this, you know, because I'd taught people on the side one-on-one and I'd seen them go on, they'd start making money. And one of them was able to move to Ecuador and support themselves and her husband on you know, $2,000 a month, which is a lot of money in Ecuador. And she was kind of the last person I trained. And when he told me, he's like, oh, you should start an ebook. I'm like, oh, no, nobody's going to want to buy for me. Nobody's going to want to learn this. It's boring. I can't do it. It's too much work. And I was so, I was playing so small back then. I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I had known, if somebody said, you know, a year and a half, only a year and a half from now, um, you will have helped so many people do something they love with skills that they have, um, and you will have made a ton of money doing it. Um, you would have made a, a huge difference. I would have laughed in their faces for one thing, but maybe I would have believed it, maybe not. But I was definitely playing small back then. And I look back, and I'm like, who was that person? You know, only a year and a half has gone by. And I look back at the person five years ago, you know, that got fired. And I was like, who was that person? You know, you just you can change so much in a year and a half. And really, the, the fact of the matter, Jody, is that learning changes everything. And once I realized that the reason why I thought I couldn't do it is because I didn't know anything about starting a business online. I didn't know anything about um, how to do it my way. I didn't have my voice for my blog. I didn't know that, you know, I had all this stuff that I could share with people. And I just didn't know. But when I learned, when I started doing it, then that changed everything for me. 
Oh my gosh, that's a perfect story because it's often the things that we're so good at and that come easy to us, we so undervalue. Mm -hmm. We don't think they have any worth at all. And it's usually only when the people around us say things like that. You're so good at this. You should teach other people. Like, this is amazing what you're doing. If we listen to them and stop and think about it, then we realize we found one of our superpowers. And this clearly is one of your superpowers is, you know, conveying personality and value online. And that that is something a lot of people teach, but they don't all teach it well. <laughs> like you said in your story, like there are just some programs out there. I mean, they mean well, but they don't give you all the information or they're not customized, you know, to right. the certain industry or person um, that they're dealing with. And you are doing that from what I'm hearing you say is you're working, you know, directly with people to help them find their voice online. And that's huge. It's such a, what a blessing to have your husband and other people, you know, kind of prompting you to go for it. Cause in very little time you were able to just recreate yourself in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And Caitlin, now I'm interested in a wake up call or an aha moment. For some people, it's like a bolt of lightning that strikes them. And for others, it's like a slow awakening, but it does culminate in the moment when you're ready to take action. So take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Well, there's probably, there's probably two of them. Um, my husband had, you know, been doing the entrepreneurial program and he was giving me kind of by osmosis, little tidbits of things he was learning and started slowly warming me up. And I'm not sure if he really had the intention of, you know, I don't think he knew what was possible either. But he was like, Oh, we should try it. You know, we could at least make a couple hundred extra dollars a month. And finally, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I can do it. And so I, I think it was November 1st of 2014, I bought the domain proofreadanywhere.com. And the rest is history, so to speak. But then we, we built this ebook, I sat down and I, and I wrote down everything I knew, which ended up being about 30 pages and 12-point font. And so it was like, you know, a college term paper. It wasn't a large amount of information, but I thought it was. I'm like, this is everything you need to know. And little did I know that it would become this huge course that it is now. It's like 54 different lessons with videos and all this stuff now. I just didn't think that that's what would be needed to teach people how to proofread. But it was, and um, it's it's working a lot better now than the ebook ever did. We sold that to about fifteen people, but there was another kind of small transition where okay, the ebook was done. I'm like, all right, I'm done, you know. And then that Ben, my husband, he was like, uh, yeah, my friend, he created an online course, and he's making like thirty thirty five hundred dollars a month, and that was about how much I was making as a proofreader on average, between three and five thousand usually. And so $3,500 was like, wow, you know, I wouldn't have to proofread anymore if I could make that much amount, you know, just by sharing my knowledge with other people. And so I'm like, well, maybe I can turn it into the course. And then the same thing started happening where I was like, uh, yeah, it's too much work or I don't think I can teach people to proofread using videos. And I was just really playing small there too. But eventually I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think this will be good. I think the book does need to be better. I still had no idea how, you know, the earning potential that was that would come of it or how far it would reach and how many people's lives it would, would impact. Um, I had no idea, but I just decided to do it. And I absolutely had a ton of limiting beliefs, but I still made that first step. And I look back and I'm like, geez, I, it was just like I made the tiniest step, but it was still in the right direction. And I think if I just make one step at a time, then they do add up to like some big strides. But I look back and I'm like, geez, that was just... I was so afraid. I didn't even want to pay for a premium 
theme. Like I didn't have my site professionally designed at first. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to pay for that. You know, I didn't, I look back and I'm like, I should have gotten a better plugin for my membership. Like there's some limitations on it, which are annoying the heck out of me right now. And I look back and I'm like, geez, if I just paid for a better one instead of like, I just didn't believe in myself enough to even pay like a $97 for a plugin. I'm like, yeah, let's we'll just see how this will turn out. Like I was, I didn't want to put in, I bootstrapped it so hard that it's coming back to bite me a little bit now, but we've, we worked it out. So it's fine. But it was, it was a little bit tough for a while there. <laughs> well, you know, it's tough, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to find that balance of, you know, not investing too much, right? right? Not, not paying a lot. I, I hear so many stories of people who are just starting their business and they invest in Infusionsoft, like they don't have a list, right? And, and yeah. they're investing in Infusionsoft. And I'm like, ah, doing that's money going out the window like yeah. build it you know build it over time you know invest what you have to and slowly you can invest more and more as your business grows but you know there's always going to be those decisions that go one way or another we invested too much to start or maybe we should have invested a little bit more but as long as you can pivot and grow from that that's really great um the other thing i'm hearing in what you're saying caitlin is there's this trend now where your husband is like pushing you and stretching you and you know sees like the potential in you and your business that must be great to have, you know, a partner in your life, maybe not in your business, but in your life who who's there to bounce ideas off of or who's, he, you know, being entrepreneurial. He's hearing about different ways to promote your business out in the world. That must be, you know, really great to have a partner like that, you know, in your business, in your life. Yeah, he's awesome. I and mean, he's actually heading up the workanywherelife.com now. He's totally in charge of that. That's his baby now. Because he, he's really a lot of the brains behind a lot of the stuff that I've done. He's giving me the idea and then I run with it. And so we really have worked like a tag team where, for example, and I tease him about this. I'm like, yeah, Proofread Anywhere wouldn't exist without you because I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, you would have had the idea. But what would you have done to create it? You know, so we really depend on each other. And, um, kind of the same thing with work anywhere life where, you know, he has the ideas and I have the words to, to bring them to life. Um, you know, write the content for the new course that we have and, and stuff like that. So, um, we, we really work well together and he's my best friend. So that's awesome. That's a great partnership. Having the ideas person and the executor, right? Right. the person <laughs> who will put it into action and see it through to the end. You know, I'm more of an ideas person. And sometimes it's really difficult for me to just sit down with a word document and just get it all in there. So definitely that's something I look to, you know, have in my business is someone who can help me execute or at the very least hold me accountable to do what I say I'm going to do so that I do execute on my own. So that's yeah. really great, Caitlin. And what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all like we were just talking about, we, we have different strengths. We bring different things to the table. You know, our personalities are different. So we're going to have different styles of leadership. So Caitlin, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, I would say I'm, I'm pretty friendly. You know, I, I don't like to put myself above and above other people. So I've got, you know, my students and I've got several people on my team that help me run things. And I don't, because of what I learned and the way I was treated in the last position I was in my last, what I like to call real job, <laughs> um, the way that I was treated there, I don't want to be like that. I'm not a condescending person. I never want to come off like that. I look at it as a team environment and I do the same thing with my students. You know, I'm never going to forget where I was, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm making more money than I was when I was a proofreader, 
you know, and arguably a lot more, but that doesn't mean that I've forgotten how awesome it is to be a proofreader. I loved it and I actually miss it. And I, I have way too much to actually do a lot of proofreading now, but I still remember really enjoying it. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a really interesting job. And I used to settle down under the covers and like with a cup of hot chocolate and just proof my, proofread my transcript. And I, and I miss that because now things are quite a bit more hectic and it's just not as you know, I'm kind of an introvert. And so I miss that part. It's like, you know, I love to talk to people, especially if they're on, you know, the same wavelength as me in terms of business and things like that. But, um, you know, just constantly having to email all the time and it's just not, it's not so private anymore. My life isn't Mm -hmm. as private anymore and I miss that. And so I don't, I will always remember what it was like to be a proofreader. And, um, so I'll always be able to keep up with my students and they won't ever feel like, that I'm on some level that they'll never get to. They could totally get to what I'm doing if they wanted to. And I am creating, I've created some tools to help them get there if they want to. That's what the work in real life is for. But, um, proofreading will always be my passion. I'm constantly proofreading everything I write anyway. And so, um, I, that's always going to be me. And I'm always keen on letting the people that I come in contact with, whether it's people I work with or clients or students, they, they'll know the real me and they'll feel comfortable working with me because of that. Yeah. It's always important to stay humble so you can continue to connect with people. And, and so you feel real, yeah. right? To, 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 to stay grounded in where you came from and who you want to help and how you want to help them. That's huge. And Caitlin, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? Oh, man, um, that's a good one. So I'm, I'm working with some some contractors that are kind of like project managers and the, the challenging part is when you bring somebody in from the outside that doesn't know your business doesn't know proofreading doesn't know how to proofread you know doesn't know how to do the things you do already it's so hard to train them to do things exactly like you and so I'm finding some challenges where I don't want to be like too stringent like you got to do this just like me but I also don't want to pay somebody $75 an hour 15 20 dollars an hour I don't know depending on what task it is if they're not going to do it like I would do it if you're going to try to save me time by doing it then you really need to have the same quality in the work as I would and so I've been really finding uh, it to be a big challenge to find people that do work at the same level as I do um and I could pay them a lot of money, but I still don't get what I should have gotten for the money. And it's frustrating. So I'm trying to uh, kind of balance that because I need to reduce the amount of work that it, things that I'm doing in the business so I can work on the business. Um, but it's hard because I have very strict standards when it comes to quality. If you write a proofreading bra- blog, you get you get murdered for a typo. And pe- I literally <laughs> yeah. had people email me and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to buy anything from you because you had a grammatical error in this blog post and that doesn't bode well. Like so they're really snobby. I'm like, well, fine, you're lost. But I mean, the fact is that it still happens and right. you know, maybe they'll come around later on and be like, yeah, obviously this is working for a ton of people and I should buy anyway. But I mean, I still, it's very important that, that things be of extremely high quality and it's just hard to do it all myself. So I'm having some challenges yeah. um, in in finding leadership uh, that could that can work for me, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to be your brand and it's important if you want to grow, you have to delegate, you have to let people make mistakes at first, but what's the process of building them up um, to, you know, to work at the level you work at and do they have it in them? 
right. to get to that level. You know, there's a learning curve for everybody. But, you know, if you're paying someone a certain price point, you want to know that even in the training process, they're giving it their all right. and getting better. So huge. All right, Caitlin, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh my goodness. So we just launched legal transcription theory and practice over on transcribeanywhere.com and it just launched an, on Memorial Day actually. So we're super excited about that. We've been working on that course for months and um, it's built with the same quality and an insight into the industry of legal transcription as my proofreading course was. So all of our students can can feel rest assured that they're going to get the same the same kind of quality. So we're super excited about that. Um, I'm working on a couple of new projects that I'm not ready to talk about yet, but working in real life is going under some major renovations at the moment. So we don't have enrollment open for the Monetizer Genius course, but it's been fully beta tested. We're just expanding and up updating it. So uh, we're really excited to add in some new things that we've learned in our business. So like Pinterest marketing, things like that. We've grown our business in a huge way using Pinterest. And uh, so we want to make sure our students have all the information before we start accepting enrollments again. So we're excited about that. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And Caitlin, can you expand a little bit more on the type of person who comes and buys your courses? You know, I'm thinking like people who might want a side hustle or to get better at what they're doing. Typically, how would you describe um, the type of person who buys your courses? Because I'm wondering, there might be some in our audience um, who might identify with what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So somebody who's tired of the desk job or just cannot bear the thought of going working for someone else um, that is more maybe of an introvert that they like to work on their own terms, which who doesn't anymore is kind of hard to say. Um, there, but there are some people who love the commute. You know, they love they love having a boss. They love having, you know, lots of employees that that are their work friends or whatever. But generally, the people that are interested in our courses are not. They want to build something for themselves instead of, you know, financing the boss's Escalade. That's what I always say because my boss had an Escalade. And uh, they're stay-at-home moms. They are, you know, recent college graduates that realize that they just paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for a degree that, you know, isn't going to get them where they thought it would get them. Um, things like that. They're just looking to expand on what they can do with their word skills because we focus a lot on word skills with transcription and proofreading and uh, so they want to put their talents into into good use but they want to do it on their terms so yeah perfect so if you are that type of person there are going to be links in the show notes that where you can find caitlin so get on that don't finance somebody else's escalade i love exactly. that exactly <laughs> All right, Caitlin, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have that helps to make you a better leader? Hmm, definitely speaking your mind. So in, in a professional way, that doesn't mean you just go off the handle on people. Um, <laughs> like I said, I learned a lot yeah. from my past managers. So um, speaking your mind, just being honest and knowing that, you know, you might have to let somebody go at some point, you know, if you're going to be running your own business and you just have to be honest, even though it, it hurts, you know, and just being a kind person in general, because kindness is always better than not kindness. So yeah. I would say, you know, just always be kind is my number one rule. There's no, there's no need to be snarky or mean or belittling or any of those other negative things that you can be towards another human just be kind. And even if you have to make hard decisions and as a leader, then, then it'll, 
suck a whole lot less if you're not. Yes. <laughs> I love how you underscored that. Being direct, being honest with people does not translate into being unkind. You can be kind, honest, and direct all at the same time. And one of the things that's really helped to make your business, your blogs very successful is you are yourself. Like you have an authentic voice. It is you that people are hearing. Um, and that just seems, that strikes me now that to hear your answer answer this question in that way is that, you know, authenticity is, is probably one of your high values that you, you just have to be honest about what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, it just, like you said, makes things suck a lot less. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) And Caitlin, what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Oh man. So it's not actually a book that you read. It's a book that you write. It's a journal called the daily greatness journal. And it's a pretty thick book, but it's really pulled me out of my shell in terms of, you know, and actually ask you questions on a daily basis. Some things along the lines of how did I show leadership today or something. So it actually forces you to ask yourself the questions that are somewhat uncomfortable. And I'm not going to lie. I skip some days because I just can't face it. But when I do, <laughs> when I do face it, I actually feel a lot better because it jogs my brain. It gets me to focus on the big picture instead of just the little things that happen during the day that annoy the heck out of me. And so it's called the daily greatness journal. It's orange and it's the, it's the business version. There's like a personal version and then there's a, a business version. Mine's orange and it's, it's the business version. I love it. I love that little bit of personal development every day. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And Caitlin, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh my goodness. That's a really good question. <laughs> a lot of things. Gosh, yesterday I could give myself advice. Every, every version of me before today yeah. has been younger. So I would look back and, and I would say that you don't have to depend on somebody else for your livelihood. And there's this kind of a false sense of security with people who have desk jobs because you know they have insurance paid for or whatever, and they think that it's just so much better. But the fact of the matter is, in today's day and age, people can fire you for any reason. You know, my employers could have just made up a reason to fire me and they could have fired me with just as much uh, vigor and candor as they did before. Um, If I had known earlier that I could develop and that learning changes everything, you know, I could develop my own skills to sell or turn into something or be a freelancer sooner. If I had known that I could proofread for a full-time income sooner, I would have. Um, but I don't need to depend on somebody else. I have all the power within me. And if I feel like I lack some, some education, then there are resources out there that can get you where you need to go, but you've got to take the step and say, okay, I I don't know everything. I need the resources. And so that's where I kind of faltered a little bit. It was like, well, I don't know how, but you can learn. I wish I could have looked at myself in the face and said, stop saying you don't know how, stop letting that hold you back. And then said to myself that you can learn and that learning will change everything. Thank you for saying that, Caitlin, because I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks people have, be it in their business, their career, or some other area in their life. They want to do something, they're feeling called to do something, but they keep telling themselves, but I don't know how. And there are so many resources out there. Google is great. Just start plugging in your thoughts into the search bar and ask your questions in the search bar. Websites will come up, post it on Facebook. Like, this is what I'm thinking. Talk to your friends. Like, your husband, you know, knowing the struggles you were going through was, was able to direct you into a lot of different directions. So people need to take advantage of, advantage of all of their resources online and offline so that I don't know how will no longer be an excuse for why you can't do something. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Caitlin, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. 
Well, I've said it a couple of times and it's really my, it's just really my mantra for life is that learning changes everything. So I just look at that and I think there's just so much possibility. If you really want to do something and you're willing to put in the time to learn something, then that can create so much success for you because you learn one thing and it inspires you to learn the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. And those all, you know, meld together into something insanely powerful. I mean, a year and a half ago, I had no idea how to build a website. I had no idea how to use WordPress, no idea how to write a blog post, no idea how to create an image for a blog post, no idea how to create an online course, no idea how to use Pinterest, no idea how to do any of these things. I could literally spend the next six hours listing all the things I didn't know how to do. But a year and a half later, I have learned how to do all of them. And now I'm teaching others how to do them too. So learning changes everything. And lastly, Caitlin, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Oh, man. Uh, just proofreadanywhere.com. Um, make sure you spell it right. <laughs> proofreadanywhere.com. And then you just hit the contact bar and you'll get to me through the contact form or you can email me at Caitlin at proofreadanywhere.com. No Y's and no K's. It's the C version of Caitlin. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And for those of you who are on the go, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me. And here's to your success.